0: Hey guys, welcome to Journey Podcast. I'm your host, Smita Kunturi. You're going to hear a new segment in Journey Podcast as Coach It Forward. Hope you guys enjoy. Hello, everybody. I have Raylene Danielle with me today. She helps women who are walking through life as a strong woman, living for everyone else, tough and disconnected from self, not allowing themselves to feel emotions. She guides them to rewild, integrate in a variety of modalities, healing, feeling, shifting, connecting with self to be present, experience joy and embodied. Thank you so much for being here. And thank you for that lovely introduction. I have questions on that Mm. introduction itself. First I I'll leave the floor to you to explain why did you start this coaching? What is your story behind it? Ah, thank you so much for inviting me to be here in this space.
1: Um, My story began as my own journey. So I had had multiple traumas pile on top of multiple different traumas. And I was really just keeping myself together to live a life. And I was being strong for everyone else. I was making sure that I was doing all the surface level things, but I wasn't really loving myself the way that I was deeply desiring to going forward. So um, eventually that just weighed on me and I had a breakdown and I hit rock bottom, I would almost say. And from there, I just, I just literally just like asked for some guidance. I was like, I need some guidance. Like, where do I go? What's my next step? This isn't the woman I desired to be. Like I'm always on for everyone else and never really feeling fulfilled for myself. And I just started saying yes from there on in. So I invested in my first coach. I had been seeing a counselor and a therapist after a trauma that I had been a witness to for about two years. And I just really felt like it wasn't doing anything to fulfill me. So it was like I was circling the problem and never really stepping through the problem. So I invested in some coaches and some healing modalities and instantly felt relief. I felt lighter. I felt like life had guidance and I was stepping into a more joyous state. And I've, I've always like really leaned into love. Before coaching, I was a photographer. And I love showing women how to love their bodies and how other people view them. So that was really easy for me to carry through to all this. Um, After my own really intense healing journey for about two years, I took a yoga teacher training course. And that's kind of where it began for me was I was sitting in this yoga teacher training and I was realizing that in this training, I was sharing a lot of what I already had like done to be the woman I was in that training with the women that were there. There was 11 of us total. And it was, I was sharing my journey and they were curious and they were wanting to heal themselves the way that I helped healed. And then I opened a fitness studio and the same thing, all my clients were coming. And I was learning that a lot of my sessions turned into more of a conversation than a workout. And I really enjoyed that And through that, I really connected my own journey of weight release to my own inner dialogue. And I started to play around with that with clients. So I started to step more into a coaching career rather than a fitness career and really seeing how our inner world will reflect outside of us. And that was really where my journey began. And that was about five years ago now.
0: Awesome. Awesome. You were mentioning that you hit a rock bottom and that's what turned your life to this way. Would you mind sharing what is the drop button?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I have two kids and my oldest is now 11 and my youngest is six. And the first trauma that I experienced was labor and delivery. <laughs> it wasn't as smooth as it was told that it should be. And I almost uh, died right on the table um, in an emergency C-section. And then eight days later, I passed a really large clot and I dropped and fainted on my kitchen floor and was flown out of our little town to a larger hospital and went went four days without seeing my newborn baby and I thought that that was okay I just like started to be this strong woman that I'm talking about the woman who's always on for everyone else and then one year after maternity leave I went back to work and it was six days back to work and there was a tragic vehicle accident outside my office and I was first on scene for it um And that really sent me into survival mode. I was in fight or flight and just wanting to control everything so that I didn't feel out of control. And one year after that, everything happened in your, your stints for me. One year after that, I was working away at the time I was in corporate oil and gas industry up in Northern Canada. And I was working away and it just, it got to be too much. And I was in McDonald's feeding my son McDonald's for probably the fifth time in a row at that point. And I just was overwhelmed with emotions and it just, I broke. I started crying in McDonald's. And at that point, I didn't cry. I didn't show emotions. I didn't, I didn't let people see me like that for years, not just these few years, but for years. And a really good friend of mine who'd been my friend for about 20 years called me and she was like, I've never heard you cry. And I was like, something's got to give. And I had been avoiding her for some time because the advice that she was giving me wasn't aligning with the like desire I had in life. And the advice she gave me in that moment was life-changing. Uh, she was talking to me about my partner, the boy's dad. And she said to me, have you ever thought that maybe there's something going on with him that you're not aware of? And it wasn't the advice that really like spun me into like an awakening moment it was how she worded it and the advice that she'd given me prior to that and I was like what are you doing (laughs) like you can't be seeing a counselor or a therapist I've been doing that for two years what have you done to shift into this this woman in such a short period of time and she's like oh I've been working with a coach and then that's where my my starting to say yes and invest in myself and invest in coaches for myself began
0: the, you were mentioning in your introduction, you gave it as like, uh, you see that women are act like they're tough, they're strong for everybody. Why do you think as a coach today, when you are treating women like, not treating, I should say, when you're talking to women like that, why do you think other women do that? Oh, I have a few different ideas on this. <laughs> um, I find that as
1: a woman, we in society have been taught that we have to keep our families going and that our kids and our partners and our jobs all come first and we put ourselves last. So by that could be working out, that could be even eating healthy, that could be journaling and taking time for ourselves and ensuring that everything else around us is okay. (laughs) Um, For every single woman that I work with who we step into a partnership And work through it there is some form of disconnect from their own emotions and intuition so they stopped listening to their own inner guidance and listening to the advice of everyone around them and sometimes showing emotions can be seen as a weakness and something that I've deeply experienced myself and with many of the transformations my clients walk through is that Vulnerability is a superpower. It allows you to connect into yourself. It allows you to create space within your inner world to really create a life that you desire from that space.
0: When you're talking about vulnerability, I have heard that word from many coaches. Some people see that, as you just mentioned, some people see that it is like a weakness, you being that low point. It is not actually a low point, but being vulnerable also, like some people look at it like you're weak. You always talk about whatever is going on with you. For such kind of comments, how do you suggest or like, what do you suggest to the women to deal with that kind of situation? One of the things that I personally had to learn and I share, it was one of
1: the greatest things I learned from the first coach I ever invested in is that my friends are there to be my friends their advice and guidance isn't necessarily the greatest for me because that's not what their passion and purpose is. And they have their own stuff going on. And a lot of the times when we lean into our friends and our family for guidance or even to just like hold space for us to feel our emotions, we don't check in as a friend or as a parent or as a sister to see if we're even capable of holding that. So I find that often I was leaning into ask for guidance or advice from friends and family and they didn't they had so much going on in their own world they just gave me advice from where they were at and so for me vulnerability really opened up when I had a woman sitting in front of me and she invited me to just relax in and release everything that was there for me. And that she, she's like, I have the capacity to hold whatever you need to just start spilling and start letting it out. And once I started doing that, and once I started showing vulnerability to her, it was so powerful when I showed vulnerability to other friends. When I spoke about my experience from a space of love and empowerment, rather than being a victim and like... My life is in a chaotic state Um, and being able to see the good in that, it really allowed everyone around me to lean into vulnerability. And so it's scary. So the first thing I always like am inclined to invite new clients specifically to do is just practice little moments of vulnerability. So when somebody asks you, hey, how are you doing? Instead of saying, yeah, I'm good. I'm fine. Actually speaking how you're feeling. I had a really hard day work was really uncomfortable today. I had a really hard day as a mom today, like whatever the truth is, instead of just saying I'm good and I'm fine, leaning into the little moments of vulnerability. So when bigger moments come up, you have the capacity to lean in
0: and feel safe doing that. It also, I mean, with the way that you are explaining, I feel like it is also important to choose people who are your, who, who, with whom you are actually opening up. You can't just keep telling to everybody like, yes, maybe even the small bits, like if somebody asks you for the sake of asking, if you tell them like, yeah, I'm ha- having a hard day, at a point you are not expecting them to stop the conversation there, at least like after you say the sentence, at least they should show something back, like, oh, I'm, re- I'm sorry to hear that, or like, yeah, your day will get better, or something like that. But most of the people are not really connected in that way. They ask the question for the sake of asking. So how do you say that we recognize the people that are going to be really connected and that are going to be asking for the sake of it? Uh, this is a wonderful question. I noticed that
1: when you start to journey inwards, your circle of people changes. Absolutely. So for me in the early stages of my own journey and even to this very day, um, I often get asked what I do for this and I audit my circle very regularly. And that doesn't mean that people are not in my circle. It means that when I'm able to feel out where people are at emotionally, it allows me to lean in to the right people. So there's times where the right people are my parents. There's the right time when my people are my really great friends, but I noticed that my circle drastically shifted the more I did work because some people, like you said, don't have the capacity to deal with that. And when you start doing your work people get uncomfortable
0: yeah
1: When when you start to change and you start showing up in a different space people get uncomfortable and they're not always open to accepting that and so when I work with clients and even for myself it is something we talk about right away is that that your circle of people is probably going to change and that doesn't mean that they're not going to enter into your life again in a different in a different way but you're going to notice that the people who are curious to get to know you as you transform is going to show up very powerfully and it will almost surprise you. Yeah. A lot of the times, the people who have the capacity to hold you and to be there for you are not the ones that you would have expected when you began this journey.
0: I think absolutely true. Yeah. Yeah. While you're coaching with other people, what is the lowest moment that you felt personally for yourself? I'm not talking about the clients. Like sometimes the clients might share um, in-depth emotions, what they are feeling. Yep. And you also have a line of capacity that you can take. When we, what is the lowest moment that you have like that? Ooh. I like that question. Um, I find that
1: when I'm not doing my own work, When I'm not putting myself first in my life, it makes it really hard to show up for clients. So I'm a, I'm a person who learns through the hard ways. (laughs) So for me, the most important thing for me is my morning routine. So if I'm not waking up before my children, and if I'm not taking that hour or 45 minutes for myself every day, life becomes a lot harder because life's crazy with kids and, and work and school and all the things. And then adding in our current like pandemic, it's been heavier. So it has become something that I have to be very intentional with. And I have to make sure that I'm doing every morning. There was about a four week stint there where I wasn't waking up early and it made it really hard to hold space for other people. So this is where my, um, my share is always we often feel selfish when we make time for ourselves. Yeah. And that comes back to what we were talking about, about um, like where we are with self-care and self-love and those words in society these days, but it's uh, often seen as selfish. And one of the things that I've experienced myself and I experienced through clients and I experienced through friends is it is truly selfless when we create time for ourselves. Because when we take time to make sure that we are taken care of, that ripples into the people closest to us. So for me, that would be my family and my clients. And even on here on this podcast, like when I'm interacting with people, as long as I've taken care of myself first, I'm able to show up from a space that I can hold energy for everyone else. But on the days that I forget to do that, it's very hard. And sometimes I have to check in and take 20 minutes and go do that to come back from a space of wholeness. But it hasn't always been this way. This is a practice, obviously. <laughs> this is a space where I've now, I now have the awareness. But in the beginning, it wasn't like that. In the beginning, I was experiencing a whole bunch of different emotions. And I had to play around with it lots. But for me, it's the morning. So if I don't begin my morning with intention and integrity,
0: then that really
1: is catastrophic for my whole day.
0: <laughs> Putting myself first. I have heard that phrase from many people. Like you have to put yourself first, then you can help other people agreed but at the same time like how do you actually say that putting yourself first you are mentioning that you are doing your morning routine let's just say I'm not a morning person for example what else can I do to make myself feel like yes I'm putting myself first and what exactly putting yourself first mean Mm. so when I talk about putting yourself first
1: I want to emphasize it's making sure that you're emotionally taken care of so that you are in in integrity with your values, with your beliefs, and it's little things. So my morning routine isn't like something like working out and yoga and all these things. My morning routine is being very intentional, making my coffee. So I wake up in the morning and I put extra love into that moment. I used to just speed through my morning and make my coffee, put it on the coffee pot, sit there, be on my phone scrolling social media and like just thinking that that was really like a powerful moment. But for the people that aren't morning people, it's not about waking up earlier. It's for me, it's about doing it with intention. So if you wake up and you're not a morning person, but you slow down and you just make your coffee or your tea or your breakfast, or you wash your face with a more of a scent, like a sacred ritual. And how can you slow down to be more present in that moment? That is really where I would invite you to begin is just being more present with the moments that you're already doing. So putting yourself first, like even if my kids are up and running around at this point, I still slowly make my coffee. Like I still make sure that I take my time and I'm measuring things out and I'm, I'm coming at this from a space of love and joy rather than speed and hurry and hustle. And even just that alone, where you're intentional and you slow down and you're present in that moment it really impacts how that self-care and that self-love is because one thing that I I do want to say is that self-care has been for me in the beginning of this I thought it was like going and getting a pedicure or a massage or my hair done all these things but now that I'm here many years into my journey I'm realizing that self-care is the little impactful moments where I'm intentional yeah It, it could be just like after I'm off this call with you, my kids aren't home still. And I pour a fresh hot tea and I sit here and I just take a few deep breaths. Um, those moments have made impactful, like pivots in my day rather than like going and getting a pedicure or sitting and meditating for 30 minutes. Like when I'm able to just be present in the moment and not have my mind going a million miles a minute, that's really where I would invite everyone who's not, say, a morning person to just begin.
0: When you're having that slow moment where you're present, what kind of a thought process you will have? What what do you actually think?
1: Now, I'm able to, like calm my thoughts and there's sometimes nothing but often my mind is going crazy so how I do that is I like to bring myself into my heart space and that's just even by touching my heart so I bring myself out of my mind into my body and just take a few deep breaths and my thought process is more like I'm so grateful for this hot cup of coffee and when I when you lean into gratitude it's an easy way to like bring yourself into the present so I'm really grateful for these 20 minutes where my kids aren't up and where I just get to sit and be like with myself. I was really uncomfortable being with myself when I first began this, because we don't often sit with ourselves and know who we are as a person. And um, it's said in many different ways, but like when we love ourselves, we're able to love others. Hmm. But that, that, um, it's a process, right? Like it's a practice to begin to love yourself and actually like enjoy being with your own company. Um, It took me a long time. I was always making up excuses to be busy and to be go, 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 go. So when I actually sat down with myself, my mind was like still going, like I need to do laundry. I need to do dishes. I have to work. I have to get ready. Right. Like the, the chatter in your mind. So for me, that's where like bringing it into gratitude. I'm so excited to have this hot coffee. I'm so excited to enjoy. Sometimes mine isn't coffee and it's pancakes. I'll make myself pancakes or something for breakfast. And that's where it's like, leaning into gratitude has been a game changer. And that's what a lot of my clients say is when their mind is going crazy and they are able to come down and like just touch their heart and be like, I'm super grateful for and just list a few things. It brings them into that present moment.
0: What is the most satisfying moment when you're working with your clients for you as personal? (laughs) For personal? Oh,
1: personally, when someone comes to me and they say that they're in an uncomfortable space and like things are just like kind of rocky and like, Uncomfortable, that's like kind of exciting for me as a coach. <laughs> and it's, I know it's not for my client. And as a woman who still invests in coaches regularly, I know it's not comfortable for me either. When my, but when I'm in moments of uncomfort or like just like the unknown or where life's kind of shaking you up for every experience I've had of that personally. And when I see my clients in that space, I know that they're on like the brink of something amazing. And that's where transformation is becoming. So I get really excited because I know that's when they're going to lean into all the skills and the tools and the techniques that we have worked through. And once they implement that, they're going to like throw themselves into this experience that they deeply desire. And it's so beautiful to witness someone actually taking those steps and to create because like as a coach it's an experience I don't know I don't think I've said this yet like I offer like half an hour complimentary calls for every woman who chooses to like kind of be curious about working with me because it's an experience when you get a coach it's not uh hey do this and I'm gonna hold your hand it's this is your experience let's move through it and we're not living in the past we're like creating new ways for you to move forward and as you witness the women leaning into that and as you see them taking those steps yourself like I'm a facilitator really and they take steps and actions and they have that with that unconditional love and support and hype girl in the background being like you can do this like you got this you got this and that uncomfortable moment I get a little bit excited because I know that they're about to like shoot forward in life and like create transformation so that really excites me And I understand how uncomfortable it is being the client. What
0: with the, the coaching that you are doing, what is the process? Like, what do you actually do with the uh, people that comes to you and ask for your help? So
1: I do more of like an intuitive style coaching session. So I have my guideline, but I also understand that not everyone fits into that. So my style of coaching is each day I set an intention. So I set an intention for our container. And then I actually ask my clients, like, where are you at? And what do you need coaching for right now? So we work in uh, four month containers is what I choose to do. So every four months we set an intention. And for those four months, as my clients come to me, we often go longer than four months. Most of my clients stay with me for upwards. Like right now, my longest client's been with me for four years and it's been epic to see her transform because as she transforms, I transform and she transforms higher. And that's, what's really beautiful. Um, so we begin every time we begin, we always talk about like how the last two weeks have been. Um, My calls are every two weeks. We do biweekly calls just to give them space to actually integrate what we've talked about. So I break it down that we drop into our bodies. We do a little bit of breath work, releasing everything from the day and coming into this moment. And then we kind of touch base on the last two weeks for about 15 minutes. And then we begin to move forward. And it depends on what their intention is, right? Like some clients come with me and they come to me with relationship stuff or they come to me with like self-care or relationship with food. I have many clients who come to me with different um, intentions to work through. And then I share like tangible like tools and tips and tricks to like move through that. And there's a huge process of embodiment. So where we're moving from our mind into our body. So I love to incorporate breath work and movement and um, really feeling emotions because that's what i've learned is a lot of it is like when we don't allow ourselves to feel our emotions we sink into a heavier space so there's practice of experiencing and releasing emotions and yeah it's i do have like a a group like a group signature program that i do offer where it is a lot more intentional it's called rewild and it's like a 12 week and we go through guided um very intentional setup like programs each week for the whole 12 weeks and there's a lot more intensity in that because we are going in a group capacity so everyone is there for the reason to rewild and reconnect with themselves so I take them through modules and we work really heavy in that but when it's in a private one-on-one container it's very intuitive it's very um, specific to each client
0: you were saying like, yeah, you are going to ask, you ask the client, where do you want to see yourself? Or like, why do you need coaching? I don't think a lot of times people have the clarity in understanding that. So with that said, how do you actually start with them when they don't even have- So the in the, in the right? beginning,
1: so in the very beginning, in our first few sessions, we just have space for them to talk. Hmm. I don't love to talk about the past often, but when you're beginning a relationship with somebody, you need to know where they're at, Mm -hmm. what they've experienced. Mm -hmm. So from that space, usually we can break it down to there's four areas. Like there's six pillars of health in our life. And from those six pillars, we integrate which ones they really want to focus on. A lot of the times women feel uncomfortable in their bodies And feeling uncomfortable in your body is often tied to unprocessed emotions or inner child work. So then we just begin to dissect each individual area. But I always ask them, like, which one do they feel is their beginning point? It's not for me to decide. So they decide and then we work through that. And then usually from there forward, they're coming to me with this is what's happened in my two weeks. And this is where I decide I want to go. And it's the first two calls with most clients where it's like very like past oriented and filling filling me in on who they are and where they desire to be. That's my greatest example. Who do you want to be at the end of this four week container or four month container? Where do you want to be in the, at the end of this year? And that's like, we work towards that. And I ask like very intentional questions to discover who they are, run them through vision work, um, if you've never done vision work, like vision meditations and visual embodiment practices of the life that you desire to create. And so once they get clear on where they were in the past and who they want to be at the, in a year, it's, it's more easy to tie those pieces together. And then they understand the baby steps that they have to take to be that person in one year from now.
0: If they don't understand or they don't know where they wanted to be. It, it's going to help, like, with your conversations to understand the, to get that clarity. Okay. Okay. Yeah,
1: um, and that's what it really is. Is most honestly, most women who come to me have some understanding of who they deeply crave to be.
0: Oh, okay. Hmm. Like,
1: if you're, and I, I don't know about all the time, but when you're looking for a coach, you have a, you have an inner knowing, even if it's not clear to you at the time. Like, you have an inner knowing of, okay, something's off and I need some guidance. So let's invest in a coach or let's look for a coach. And when you feel into the right coach, like it's very, I had no idea what coaching was. So this is where like, this is where I, um, I had no idea what coaching was. And when I stepped into my first coaching experience within the first, like three weeks, I was like able to be like, I need help with this. I need support with this. This is where I want to focus this week because it became like, not an addiction, but it was like, Oh, I'm so excited. I'm so ready. I'm like, so this, and the more I learned about the things that my coach taught me, the more I wanted to know. So it was like, and my clients, I very much attract that. So women come to me and they're like, I just, I'm just exhausted and uncomfortable being with where I'm at. This is not who I thought I would be. Like, I don't, this isn't how I want to live. And we work from there. Mm. A lot of it is like, unprocessed, unresolved emotions, inner child work, healing, breath, like just moving through a lot of the things that are stored in our bodies.
0: What does success mean to you? Success. Ooh,
1: for me, success is, let me see the words, lifestyle freedom. So what that means to me is a lot of people will say success is based on money and based on on wealth. For me, I want to have full lifestyle freedom. So if I want to take my kids on a vacation, I want to be able to do that without any hesitation. If I want to host a retreat and a disconnect uh, weekend for women or a week's retreat for women, I want to do that, no questions asked. Um, Success for me is seeing my clients transform and create a life that's fulfilling for them because that like really fills my soul when I see women living in their power, in their purpose and seeing how that ripples into their lives, that really brings me a feeling of joy. And so success to me is more about the feeling of being present and embodying joy and play and laughter than the amount of money that is tied to it.
0: Okay. Thank you for tuning in and you can find me on all the socials at Smita Gunturi and the show notes for any resources mentioned. See you next week. Take care.